This is Doug Scheiding of Rogue Cookers, Texas Embedded Correspondent. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, shit I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Hey, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome. Just tuning in, you've missed the first hour. What could have possibly been more important than listening to Max Good Review Grills as we close the first hour? And Malcolm Reed, the most prolific barbecue star on YouTube and in general. What is more important than that? Nothing. However, I'm recording the show right now. It's also audio and video archiving itself automatically. On places that I will tell you about here in a second, still to come on the show, as I had mentioned on the way out of the first hour, saying the cooking guy in just a few short moments. So be ready. We have plenty of great stuff to talk about. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch where you can find a live video feed, also slash RD Rempe on YouTube, where you can find a video feed as well. Also, a chat on YouTube and Facebook. I see those roll in through the software interface. So whether you're using YouTube or Facebook, I will see them. And if they are really good, I will put them on the screen for everybody to say, man, I wish I was cool as that guy or gal. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 166 is in the queue, taking you back to March 4th, 2014. Show and barbecue legend, Dr. Barbecue was my guest at that time. And we were taking questions from the Facebook faithful at that point, much like we did with Malcolm Reed in the first hour. We were doing it with Dr. Barbecue, with Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. We covered how to build a fire, kind of. We also talked about dessert on the grill. And let me say this. Long before Meathead made the, uh, made the mind-blowing statement, that pineapple is the best thing to come off the grill no matter what, Dr. Barbecue was extolling the virtues of grilled pineapple back in 2014, and he did stop short of calling it the best thing ever to come off a grill. But as it related to desserts and fruits to grill, they were right there at the top of his list. We also talked about chicken. As always, it was a fun segment with Ray. I think you will enjoy the insights and stories that go along with his advice as you listen to him answer questions that people submitted during the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Don't forget, 
If you want to hear a guest or segment again on the show through the best of interface, just email John Solberg, the executive producer, John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com and let him know what you would like to hear or what date it might have happened or some key words, thoughts, ideas, so he can get to work and provide a best of show just for you. Maybe he'll even give you a shout out in the intro for the inspiration. But once again, you have to be subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get that. You know, we don't talk finances nearly enough on this show, and maybe because I'm rich as fuck, I don't really think about it that much. But I understand that it's not a skill that everyone learns early. Most folks don't learn early. My wife and I have spent countless hours with Bobby, Maddie, and Marley trying to teach them the value of a dollar and how to save and what credit cards do and why you should have them and how you should use them and how they can benefit. Things like this, real finance and life type stuff. So as we progress down the path of certain death, gang, I didn't know if you know about it, but nobody's getting out alive. So as we progress down the path of certain death, let me help you out by revealing to all of you a list of the best places you can live if you haven't saved that recommended million dollars at retirement age. This coming to you from a website called GoBankingRates.com, my favorite website ever. The best places to retire if you can't save $1 million. Nowadays, it's generally accepted that the $1 million benchmark is the ideal amount to save for retirement. But what if you're not on track to retire a millionaire? Well, you're not alone. In a recent study, GoBankingRates.com looked at the cost of living in America's major cities and calculated how long a nest egg of 650 or 750 or $850,000 would last in each. This study also takes into account the city's livability score and the percentage of the population age 65 and older. With these factors combined, we found some of the best places to retire in the United States for those who don't have $1 million. And that list is number 10 and hotly debated here on this show recently, the non-barbecue mecca of Des Moines, Iowa. How long will 850 k last? How about 20.8 years? Three quarters of a mil will last you just over 18, and 650 will last you just shy of 16 years. There's a livability score of 78, and the percentage of seniors 65 and older is 14%. So not only are they trying to increase the barbecue down there, it's also number 10 on the where you should retire list. Number nine. The ever-attractive city of Montgomery, Alabama. How long does 850 last you there? 22.3 years. Livability score a little less than Des Moines, 61. Number eight on the list. You ever heard of 
Shreveport, Louisiana. 850 will last you 21.8 years. There's livability score a little bit better than Montgomery with 66. Number seven is Birmingham, Alabama. That will last you, uh, 850 will last you the same as Montgomery, 22.8, with a score in between Shreveport and Montgomery of a livability of 62. Oh, wait, what's this number six? How about the rock and roll city of Cleveland, Ohio, everybody? How long will 850 lead you here? 23.3 years. That's a lifetime. Livability score coming in at the ever-coveted 62. Number five on the list, Fort Wayne, Indiana, home of Sweetwater, which is my audio-visual headquarters. 850K will last you 21 and a half years. Number four, Amarillo, Texas makes the list. How about number three? A little further west of me here in Cleveland, Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) 850,000 will last you 23.3 years in Toledo. The average annual expenditure for senior living in a Toledo area is 36 thousand five hundred dollars annual wait a second look at this number two on the list and the home of lebron james ak rowdy rowdy akron ohio 850k in akron will last you 24.4 years holy moly if you have all sam the cooking guy could sell his house in san diego and live with that take on just the house alone for like 185 years in Akron. He could set up his kids and his grandkids and the great-grandkids. Rounding out the list, the ever-popular place to move, Brownsville, Texas. 850K will last you 24.1 years. It's got a livability score of 76. And you might be asking yourself, what is a livability score? The livability score is out of 100 that was designed to help people quickly and easily evaluate the quality of an area. The score consists of seven categories and a dozen data points across multiple data sets. These include amenities, cost of living, crime, employment, housing, schools, user ratings, just to mention a few. So in case we missed the headline here on this non-live fire but live fire related list of where to live if you haven't saved a million dollars, number six on the list if you need a refresher, Cleveland, Ohio. Well in the middle. 23.3 years. On the 850K, I mean, who doesn't have 850K laying around that you're going to retire on? I know you do. I know I do. (laughs) Sam the Cooking Guy will be joining me here in a few short moments. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling related. A selection of the great outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. You have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. 
Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyard. Perfectly balanced flavors. So you're getting high fives from the neighbors. You're getting high fives from the other grill masters. If it's competition scene, go to BigPopSmokers.com to buy them all up. They also have Granny's Barbecue Sauce, what they own. So if you're done with everything else that's on the market, you want to try something new, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. That's what you need. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offering the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Mac? Mac? Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. It's got a refreshed look. And Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer and even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. Try the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for something and you don't know where to turn, could you really go wrong with anything? But Sterling and everybody else over at Big Papa Smokers is selling? Hell no. But if you have any questions, call them, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And we will await the arrival of Sam the Cooking Guy. He's probably shooting a video and uploading it as we speak, and he will soon be here. In the meantime, stand by, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker. The most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes. We've been promised bigger sizes coming sooner than later. Trying to catch up with Noah Glanville on that so we can get a report. However, it is the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. You visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them that the Barbecue Central Show sent you. And who knows, if you mention something along these lines, I might send you that mega-cute pit barrel cooker coffee mug. In fact, even if you don't have a pit barrel cooker, maybe you're just a fan of pit barrel cookers, or you've always wanted one, and for some reason you're not allowed to get one. Maybe you have a multitude of cookers already, and your lover has said, hey, you... Don't you even think about getting one more cooker on this deck or patio. And if you do, one's got to leave. Oh, those are the worst directions to get. So in the meantime, to maybe break your lover in on the new buy of the pit barrel cooker. By the way, what is it, 300 bucks? It's way less than 400 bucks for the 
regular version, it's less than that for the junior model. But to break this person in, why not get the pit barrel cooker coffee mug and just have it staged around the house? Get it in her or his familiarity level, her, the comfortableness of it all. Here, here's my husband drinking coffee out of this pit barrel cooking mug. How, how adorable is that mug? Over time, you might find yourself the new owner of a pit barrel cooker all because you got that really cute pit barrel cooker coffee mug. So head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com and get a coffee mug for crying out loud. Why not? And use it to break in to get that pit barrel cooker. You never know when you're going to need it. Folks, and then there's this. Oh, no. Is it gone? Is it gone? See, this is what happens. You sit on stories for months on end, and they go away. I don't even remember the when I had this. Crap. Well, that blew up right in my face. Through Digest This, back in July... <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. Beluga Caviar is back. In case you were wondering, Beluga Caviar is back. Is it Beluga? I think I've stated on the show once or twice before. I'm not necessarily that big of a caviar fan. I haven't had Beluga Caviar ever in my life. Is it Sturgeon Caviar? That's like $248 a very minimal, minimal, minimal spoonful and... There's something that you put on it, creme friche or something like that. Who knows? I've had the salmon caviar that Stephen Reichlin turned me on to, or salmon roe or whatever you want. Caviar is more highfalutin. But I got it at Whole Foods. I uh, wasn't over the moon about it. I've actually had some walleye caviar. Is it walleye caviar? At Larder Delicatessen on West 29th Street in Cleveland. Jeremy Umansky, proprietor. Now, his stuff is good. So whatever he puts in front of me, I'm happy to give a whirl to. Otherwise, I'm suspicious, to say the least, on any kind of caviar. Because I'm not a fish guy. Really. If it, This may come as a shock, but if the fish that you're going to serve me is, let's say, fishy, I'm really not going to be that big of a... I'm not going to be highly motivated to try it. That's why I get made fun of when I eat things like a flounder. Or what's the other one that everybody makes fun of me for? Uh, the hell is it? It's the one that's uh, grown in Taiwan or whatever. Everybody's uh, tilapia. Yeah, that's my thing. I like that. We got some form of uh, sea bass, not the the uh, the toothfish, the snaggle toothfish, which is like real Chilean sea bass. We got some kind of sea bass from QVC that's really good, not fishy. But if it's got any kind of fishiness to it, I'm out. I'm not going to be eating that. It's gross. To me, it's gross. But if you like the beluga caviar, well, 
you're in luck because it's ready to rock and roll. And I had a whole take on that, but I waited and waited and waited and waited. It's not going to happen. I don't know if you're familiar with this. uh, I think he's called the Cowboy Chuck Wagon Cook. Kent Rollins. Does anybody know Kent Rollins? I wasn't necessarily familiar with him. And my jeweler, barbecue jeweler to the stars, by the way, Stephen DeFranco. Special mention to Stephen. But he's been on my ass recently saying, hey, are you familiar with this Kent Rollins? Do you watch this Kent Rollins on YouTube? I think Steve must have found YouTube recently. Because Steve is, by the way, not through my promoting, a huge fan of Sam the Cooking Guy. In fact, a few months ago, I was meeting with Steve and we were talking about live fire items and cooking and whatnot. And he said, hey, I watched this show on YouTube. It's called uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. Are you familiar with it? And I said, "Are you, what? And he said, yes, Sam the Cooking Guy. And I said, well, I am I familiar with it? Like, does he show up on my show once a month? Yes, I'm familiar. And that brought a whole new level of, wow, you have Sam on your show and blah, blah, blah. Well, I said, yes, indeed I do. He's like, well, I just love his day. But you got to check out this Kent Rollins. He's the chuck wagon cook. And I said, okay, I'll get right on that. And then showed up a handful of weeks later doing some more business and did you get on with that? How'd you get on with that Kent Rollins? I said, I haven't heard back from him. Well, meanwhile, I hadn't reached out to him, but I forgot. So this time I made a run of it. So I went on to the Kent Rollins website and it, uh, it was a contact page. I filled out the fields. I thought I made a pretty good pitch. Said, hey, I host the most popular barbecue and grilling podcast verified on the face of the earth and you know, things like this with my my jeweler, Stephen DeFranco, barbecue jeweler to the stars, raves about Kent, said it, I should be booking him so we can talk about Chuck Wagon cooking or whatever. And said, would, would love to book a date on some upcoming Tuesday. Let me know if you're interested. And I get an email back overnight that says, Hey, Greg, check out this page. And he sends me a link. And here's this link. And the link is uh, this whole page of how to contact Kent for an interview. Pitch yourself. Be interesting. Provide statistics. Tell us what you want to talk to Kent about. Tell us why Kent should be a guest on your show. This whole thing. We get dozens of requests for Kent to be a guest on uh, podcasts and TV shows and radio shows per week. All right. Affectionately signed, Skeeter. Well, I thought I made a pretty good pitch, Skeeter. But evidently, I'm not raiding, okay? He doesn't know in my signature that says, 
number one most downloaded live fire barbecue podcast. He can't put two and two together. He can't meet that bridge. And I certainly, uh, I've said it before, when people pitch themselves to be on the show, don't just tell me, book me on the show. Like, tell me why. But that's not what I'm doing here. I'm giving this guy audience. <laughs> I'm potentially giving this guy audience. I'm potentially allowing him to use my platform for his promotion. This isn't me asking me to be a guest on Kent Rollins' show. So don't tell me how to pitch. I I make my living pitching. Uh, By the way, Kent, you don't even have your own email address. It's Kent and Irma or Kent and Kelly, whatever the hell. Get your own email address, number one. Number two, nothing screams professionalism like having somebody read and reply back to your emails with the name Skeeter reeks of professionalism i can't begin to stop the list of professional names that are skeeter presidents of countries are named skeeter captains of industry are named skeeter i don't i can't name somebody that's successful that isn't named skeeter so if you're going to run back at me telling me I need to recraft my pitch about your boss being on my show. I think I can do without the Chuck Wagon cook on this show, everybody. Okay? Sam, are you even familiar with the Chuck Wagon cook, Kent Rollins? Absolutely. You are? Why wouldn't I be? Uh, I'm generally aware. Of I didn't know most anything about him until Stephen DeFranco was like, "You need to book this guy." And then uh, Skeeter wrote me back and said that my pitch wasn't good enough. Skeeter did. Oh, come on. Yes, Skeeter. You know Skeeter, right? I, I say uh, it's too bad because he seems, you know, from honestly, he. I was going to say he seems like a really nice guy. He's like super deep country. I don't know where he's from, but somewhere in the plains, uh, I bet, because he chuck wagon cooks. If Spielberg was casting uh, a part for a super country cowboy chuck wagon cook, yeah, this guy would get the job just walking in the door and just saying howdy or hello or hey y'all kind of thing. And he has people named Skeeter working for him. Uh, filtering out the email, sending me back a link that says, here, check out this page on how to pitch. <laughs> it's funny. You know, he's got this appearance that he would just be a, just a good old boy. Yeah. Just cooking ribs out here on my old smoker. And there's my dog chewing on my leg. And yet he's got a, a whole bunch of people in the background working on his behalf. He I has, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Skeeter is a name of somebody that you would think would live in the like the next uh, town over. Yes, in a he, shed or something. He has layers of insulation. I do not. I and do yet not. He has the balls. You are not. He, wait, Skeeter has the balls to say the pitch wasn't good enough. Yes, for the number one. Downloaded to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. And it doesn't get any more 
qualified than when David Lee says that you're the number one show. <laughs> like that, that solidifies. Maybe he's it. never heard of Stephen Reichlin. I don't know. I can or only imagine. Cat. I can only imagine that, uh, you know, Kent Rollins must have just gotten into the live fire industry. That's all I can deduce. Or Skeeter must have. He's got he's got a decent audience. What's the size of his audience? I don't know. I think I have roughly uh, seven thousand here. <laughs> no, him, him, Skeeter. No, not Skeeter. Kent, Kent. Rollins. Okay, let's what? let's do this real quick. Kent Rollins. I'm just going to look up uh, uh, the Twitter right now. Kent Rollins has six thousand seven hundred and thirty six followers on uh instagrams okay or i'm sorry on go to the youtube on twitter on twitter twitter go to youtube no greg reppy 9500 so don't ask me to provide my stats when i'm double your stats i'm not asking you to provide yes of course what did skeeter say read his his exact response no now i gotta try and like kent rollins all right you don't have to not like him like I'm saying, it was Skeeter. Was in well, Skeeter. I want, I want Skeeter has be- recommended. Uh, Skeeter has email access to Kent and Shannon Rollins. So Kent doesn't even have his own email address. It's Kent and Shannon Rollins. That's neither here nor there. They may not have electricity. Yeah, Skeeter may need to drive out there and stand at the end of the. Uh, he's got something. He's, he's replying on a computer. Uh, here's one All of around. the uh, replies back. Uh, thanks, Greg. Your reply was missing a lot of information that was requested when pitching. When you mentioned Uh-oh. that your jeweler is a big fan, that doesn't give me much information about what <laughs> what would be valuable yeah. uh, about what would be valuable for the podcast. What is it about Kent that you find interesting and of value to the show? Social following stats were also not included. We need those details. We receive a lot of requests. So we like to be as thorough as possible. Guess what? Skeeter's a liar. They don't get a lot of requests. I guarantee. I don't get any requests. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I mean, you're, you got probably 7 million more followers on YouTube than Kent Rollins has. No, go take a look at his YouTube. I think he's got a good audience. All right. Well, I mean, as someone who has a good audience, you would know. So I'm going to tell you here in one second. Kent Rollins. I seem to remember. Here we go. Kent Rollins. What are those suggestions? Kent Rollins has 1.58 million YouTube subscribers. So total. Well, so you know him because he's got uh, he's got audience, is what you're saying. Here's this guy. Here's here's Kent Rollins right here. There he is. You're right. He does look like uh, the Chuck. The I'm telling you, the prodigal. The prodigal. Oh, that's right. He was on that uh, chopped live fire. Yes, mm. Mm, I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was the one that the mm-hmm. grill girl was on, and and they kicked her out on the first one because she mm-hmm. undercooked oysters. I believe it was. Those are tough <laughs> to cook. I think that's that's a that's a that's a unforgivable mistake. Yeah. Well, look, I have more Twitter followers than he does, and you have more YouTube subscribers than he does. So we're both winning at life. And Kent has a screener named Skeeter. That tells me to go pound salt. Unbelievable. No, he wouldn't have said it would have been pound dirt. Yeah, that's pound that's, dirt. Go piss up a flagpole, like y'all. Is he, is he in Oklahoma? Sure. Why not? I've had Max and I have talked about Kent Rollins before and said it'd be fun to do like some collaboration with him. 
You know, that brings me to my next topic, by the way. Go ahead. When did you oh, become my. such an onion bully? Like, uh, you are literally calling me out on your millions and millions of subscribers. Calling me things like little Greggy Rempy. Can't eat this hamburger because I got onions on it. Well, heaven is forbid. Is that not true? Heaven forbid. Is that not true? Wait, it's, is that not true? It is 100% true. But, What's the problem? Truth? But... Yeah. But it wouldn't be a problem you, if you say, hey, by the way, my good pal, Greg Rempe over in Cleveland, Ohio, isn't a fan of onions. So instead, he could not have onions on this burger. Instead, it's like, get with the program. Onions makes everything better. Basically, I'm a loser for not eating onions. That's what I'm drawing out of this. You know, one of the things that we try and do in uh, Sam the Cooking Guy YouTube channel. Yes. Is, Force people to eat is, onions. Second. In addition, in addition to showing them things that they can make, encouraging them, wanting their food lives to be better, one of the other things along with that, along with giving good information and stuff like that, is to entertain. Yes. Now, what's more fun for the people watching to hear me bitch about little Greggy Rempe that won't eat this burger because it's got onions on it, or my friend Greg in the, the, the city of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, isn't a fan of onions. So if I was him, Greg, I would just maybe I would just push them off to the side and substitute mushrooms or something, blah, blah, blah. It's yes. not fun. Mushrooms are It's not great. fun. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not fun? No, it's the other way around. All right. Fun comes first. It's not fun. It's not funny. Peace and love. Peace and love. That's what we're selling here. There you go. That's what we're selling. All there right. Let's go. talk about pellet cookers. What do you What do you know about pellet cookers? Uh, I know that um, before a few years ago, yes. I'd use them only sparingly. Under I protest? I think they are. I'm sorry? Under protest? No, no. All right. I just, I just, uh, I just don't know why I didn't. Uh, I'm a very big fan of pellet cookers. I think they are a godsend to people that don't want too much um, work uh, involved when they want to smoke something. They don't want to have to go out and, and change, uh, add wood, stoke the fire, put more sticks in, all that kind of stuff. It's It's really plug and play with, results nearly as good as you would get off a non-pellet uh, cooker. Now, are you going to win uh, competitions with them? Yes. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess because I emceed uh, a big Casey uh, BS event here a few years ago, and that's where I saw my first big-ass commercial uh, pellet smoker. And I even asked the guy that was showing me around before I started announcing the awards, is that thing legal? And he was like, yep. I go, so we're looking at two guys side by side under their tents. That guy puts something on at whatever, midnight, and can go to sleep. He probably won't, but he could. And that poor guy is going to sit in that lawn chair and do something every couple hours. Yeah. He goes, that's right. So why wouldn't everybody have them? Because well, some people just don't like them. Some people want the absolute control. I did some. Um, um, you saw that picture of the uh, the short ribs I did. Yeah, a ten hour cook. Those looked as good as any that I've seen pictures of on 
social media of people, you know, extolling the virtues of their non-pellet cooker and getting the smoke ring and the juiciness and the beautifulness. I think they're great for a lot of people. And we, of course, we want to give a uh, special mention to our pal Doug Shiding. Shiding. Yes. Right. Hi, Doug. There he is. Yeah. So Shiding and I have been talking something, and then you had that big conversation. There was a conversation recently about cleaning and do you clean and do you cover and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Somehow Shiding and I were chatting, and he said something about cleaning, and I was like, oh, crap. I haven't done that for a while. So I went the other day. Oof. Took the grate out. I took the drip pin, the thing, everything's out. And I came across on the left side of that fire pot, the, the, the ash was probably an inch and a half thick. Oh, dear. Not anymore. Now it's clean as a whistle. Yeah. Shop vac so it I out? I sent that to Doug. <laughs> uh, I don't have a shop vac. Oh. And I questioned whether I should use my house vacuum, and I was... Uh, quickly brought to my senses thinking, no, that's not going to be a good thing. Oh, because the next time somebody goes to clean the carpet, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So I did it all by hand. I used the bench scraper, got m almost all of it out. It's not 100% perfect, but, uh, and I sent that to Doug so he knew that I was listening to him. Uh, there is a lawsuit going on right now between Traeger and Green Mountain Grills. So someone who's kind of in the periphery here, I don't know how much yeah. you're up to speed on that, but do you have any thoughts on it? Just in general, uh, I'm up to speed. I'm a I'm a fan of uh, the number one most downloaded barbecue and live fire podcast in the world. So yes, go ahead. Um, did you have thoughts on it? Uh, yeah. Um, my first thought was this: Why the hell didn't Green Mountain go and file for patents? Right. I think it's probably everybody's question. I'm sure that's even their or, question. or anybody else besides Traeger at that point. It, Exactly. Because they weren't the only guys. Uh, Green Mountain were not the only people. Right. And yet I find myself wanting to hate Traeger for trying to snuff out the little kids. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I understand it's business. Uh, we have a bunch of t-shirts that we sell. One of them says, if fat means flavor, then I'm fucking delicious. Sam the cooking guy. When I see that online with my name, my signature across the bottom, not on it. Well, if I see it online, not in my own store, <laughs> uh, I know somebody's ripping me off. And so I will write to the site that hosts that page and tell them, this is who we are. This is ours. Here's our design. They always take it down. <laughs> but that's... Is that the same thing? I, I, I don't. I don't. So know. I've been it, conflicted uh, all the way along here because, as I had said yeah. last week with the embedded correspondence, I mean, Green Mountain Grill has been a longtime sponsor of the show. Uh, yeah. I think Jason Baker, who is the face of Green Mountain Grill, easily, uh, and I think I went on record last week as saying the best human in the live fire industry, might be the best yeah. human ever in general, uh, would bend over backwards to be ethical and moral and do everything right on the business side of things. And then what about filing for patents? If nobody else has done it and you think you want to do it and you want to give it a shot and then bam, you're awarded them. I mean, you can't, so you can't argue or you can't fault Traeger for doing it. And then every other company no. has the option of now trying to fire those down or 
get them invalidated. And Green Mountain Grill was the only one at that time to say, hey, this is BS and these patents should be taken back. And then when it was brought to a hearing, they were ruled against. And they said, no, we're going we're gonna to keep those patents with Traeger. And I think Traeger just got pissed off. And within a few days, all of a sudden you have a lawsuit against Green Mountain Grills via Traeger. So kicking the hornet's like nest and uh, things like this. And um, uh, I think I'm, my hope in the end is that, uh, A, there will be no settlement or no licensing or anything that anybody else is going to have right. to pay in order to use this because it has been proven that Mac and Green Mountain Grills and uh, probably a couple other folks were using this technology before Traeger got the patent. And I understand that just because you're doing that doesn't mean that that patent is invalidated. There's other processes that can take place to try and do that before this eventually gets to court sometime in the fall. But I would just like to see the court say, hey, you know what? Maybe we effed up here and this is just too general. You know, you didn't invent Wi-Fi. You didn't invent apps. Uh, so we can't let you do this anymore. And, and they just open it back up. I mean, there's so much non-market penetration by the pellet cooker industry when you look at gas and charcoal cookers yeah. that yeah, it's crazy. nobody should be strangling anybody out at this point. It's when, you know, if this was Weber and Traeger going at each other, who knows, depending on how the ruling goes, it could be Weber and Traeger going at each other because Weber has a app connected and uh, control. So they go thing. after, go after Weber. Come on. They haven't, Leave they haven't alone. kicked it. They, I, this is gonna. Uh, uh, this I, is I, eventually gonna spool up into the whole pellet industry. So, depending on how a rule goes, if it goes uh, against I, Green Mountain Grills, then you have now an exorbitant hit list that Traeger can start sniping after. You know how I feel about that? Like this. <laughs> Did I do that as well as Eden? You tell me. No, that wasn't really him. That yes. was a sound effect, right? This is really him. Stop. Yes. Every time you've played that, I thought you just had a sound effect. No, that's him. Can we all just agree that that was rude as F? Well. I mean, look, you're the host. Maybe you can't, can't say that. I will say that. I thought that was rude. I, I, I didn't like that. My thought was that he was in a comfort. He, he felt comfortable and was just in conversation. And if I would have been in his face. The same. Oops, I thought I killed that. Uh, the same thing would have happened, whether I was in person or whether he was on the show. But I'm surprised, as I think many of your listeners would be, especially after you give me crap about things I say and do, <laughs> that you didn't say to him, "Hey Mo, you need to do me a favor and maybe not crunch ice right into the microphone." Yeah, but I honestly, we'll I didn't. I wasn't noticing it as much until after the fact. I was lost in listening mode. And so yeah. like I was hearing it, but it wasn't registering to the point of like, Hey, uh, can you not do that? Or, you know, yeah. wh what kind of a professional are you kind of these things? So your listeners and viewers don't know this, but you sent me a, a text like the next day and, and whenever that uh, hour aired and said, yeah. Hey, have you had a chance to listen to it yet? What'd you think? And my response was something like, I don't know. I couldn't get past the ice crunching. Right. Yeah. That. Yes. Couldn't get past it. Right. It was, it was, yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, so stand it by. It just went with his, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It went with what? 
I was just going to say, it kind of just fit the whole, his whole style that night, everything he was saying and, uh, you know, whatever. All right. Well, stand by for one second. Uh, I'm going to do a quick read here and then that'll finish me up and we'll be able to go to the bitter end from there. We're talking with Sam, the cooking guy, the cooking is his website. Go subscribe to him. If you're not already over on YouTube as well, three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, putting out great cooking videos. I'll talk to you quickly about Cosmos Q based out of Oklahoma. Cosmos Q providing both backyard and competition cooks, world championship level rub sauces, injection soaks and brines. And their exclusive wing dust is available on the market right now. Best of all, every one of their products are tested and made right here in the USA. Cosmos Q continues to break new ground in rub seasoning sauces and the injection world. And the results not only proven on the competition trail each and every year, but they're also proven in the backyard as well. More and more backyard warriors are looking to take their barbecue to the next level. There's no easier or better way to do that but by picking championship quality rubs and sauces and injections and marinade. And it's not just the barbecue game. They got you covered there, but they can also help ramp up the grill game as well. By the way, Cosmo, definitely known a thing or two about grilling since he's a world championship steak cook. That's right. Now, I know I've done a good enough job at motivating you to try and try Cosmo's Q if you haven't already. But if you need some more pushing, how about this? 10% off your entire order each and every time you visit the website. That's Cosmos with a K, CosmosQ.com. And you can use promotional code BBQ Central, capitalized, all one word, at checkout. You'll get 10% off the entire order. Snowed in, like us, yes. You can go ahead and use that discount code to stock up on everything you need for the barbecue season when it rolls around. If you're able to cook outside all year round, use this code to stock up on everything you need so you can keep everything handy. That's Cosmos Q. That's Cosmos with a K, the letter Q.com and the code BBQ Central. While you're there, make sure you check out the very popular blog, the recipe blog, and uh, as you might be aware of, he's also got a fairly extensive YouTube channel as well. If you're not subscribed there, head on over, ring the bell, and subscribe to be alerted to new content. See why Cosmos just win. That's Cosmos with a K, the letter Q, dot com, and use promo code BBQ Central for 10% off your entire order. We are back with more Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. If you haven't already, go over to smokinwithsmithfield.com. If you're a committed cook or you are competing and you win, make sure that you enter in all your top place finishes over at smokinwithsmithfield.com so they can watch that. Maybe send you some extra swag as well. For tips and tricks and recipes, smithfield.com. Joined by Sam Cooking Guy. You know, I'm just sitting here through the break thinking about Kent Rollins and Skeeter. Yes. Maybe Skeeter should have taken two seconds to take a look at what you do. Because I think your audience is 100% perfect. Yes. I For him. Uh, that's why I didn't tell Steve DeFranco to go pound dirt. I, 
I was like, you know what? Fine. I mean, he's cooking over a fire. We've done any number of different uh, live fire recipes or techniques. Uh, what, do you, what do you call that? The cast iron pot cook, Dutch oven cooking, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, so it would make perfect sense. Uh, yeah. When somebody reaches out and says, Hey, well, Sam, uh, want to come be on this podcast or, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't ask for their stats. I don't ask why they would want me on. I go look to see if it's a place that makes sense for me Yeah, and how this couldn't make sense for him is beyond me. The first reply that I got back from Skeeter was, uh, <clears throat> yeah. let's go ahead and blow this all the way out to the end. Here's okay, what I good. wrote. Hey, Kent. I didn't know this was going to Skeeter. Hey, Kent, my name's Greg Rampey. I host a weekly internet-based show that covers the barbecue and grilling industry, much like ESPN covers the world of sports. My jeweler is a huge fan and has turned me on to you, mm. and I wanted to know if you might be open for coming on the show for an interview. Wanted, um, uh, I wanted to see if you might have an interest to come on the show some Tuesday night to talk about your background and, of course, talk about the joys of chuck wagon cooking. My show is done live every Tuesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It's also being recorded at the same time for release of my podcast feed later in the week. Let me know if you have any interest, and we can go from there. Please see my website in my signature to get a feel for how the show runs. Best regards, Greg Rempe. Yeah. <clears throat> like that, that pitch has landed me, aside from Kent Rollins, every other guest I have ever solicited. Because everybody does this. They go, oh, I wonder what this is, and they go and they look. And they watch or they listen and they go, this is perfect for us. I can imagine the audience This is that, um, that makes up this uh, his following and they'd be perfect for me. The first response I got from Skeeter was, hi, Greg, I recommend yeah. you check out the media slash podcast request page. It sends me a hyperlink. Holler if you have any questions. He's got that? Will you send that to me? Skeeter. Maybe I need that. What yeah. is that? But here's the problem. This link... That he sent me. Yeah, it's not yeah. like uh, highly visible. Like when you look at his the top of his website, and then he's got yeah. smaller navigation things. It's not like it says mm -hmm. a request for media. Right, it's all the way down at the bottom of like the contact page. It's not visible. So, like, how important is it really? Like, if you're getting that many requests, you would make your own navigation. Like. How to how to ask me for an interview or something? Don't bury it down on the navigation tab somewhere, and then send me the hyperlink. Like, hey, dummy, it was right in front of your face. It's not. It's not. So, please note: we receive lots of requests. Make yours unique. Number one: research your audience, and our audience should overlap, so the content we produce together is relevant. Number two: craft okay. an intriguing subject line. The subject line of your email is the only information we initially see, so make it good. Bad subject line, please come on my podcast or interview request. Third piece of advice, write a compelling pitch. Please note, we receive dozens of pitches to appear on podcasts and interviews. Your pitch has to be unique and exciting if you expect to get our attention. Generalized pitches and templates will not be responded to. Keep your pitch brief. Explain what type of format you are offering. Please include the following stats as well. Email lists, social media, etc. 
Last wow. bit of advice. Oh, God, sorry. Provide <laughs> lots of value. What value can you offer? How will our audience and your audience benefit? The end. Do you want me to send that to you so you guys can start sending that back? Like, have you had, have you like ever had anybody ask you that. to be on the show? Like, hey, can I come on the show? Do you get that? Come on my show? Yeah, like, do people pitch themselves to come on the show? Occasionally. Would you ever send that back to somebody? Oh, I would never send that back. Hey, who was the who was the dude you had, the Philly steak guy? What was his name? Oh, Tony Luke. Yeah. Hey, Tony Luke. Check the link. <laughs> Peace. Skeeter. <laughs> you think you ever would have heard from Tony I mean, Luke again? Yeah. No. Well, uh, look, now we get requests all the time, and it's easy because my channel doesn't lend itself to to guests. Right. It really does. Right. It's you're me. the you're the guy. With somebody. Then we had um, we had guests. Tony Luke. Not very many of them. Yeah. Uh, Vincent right. Jackson. Right. The, uh, the singers passed away. The singers. Uh, the singers. You had singers in your kitchen singing one night when you made saucy pasta oh, for that, the first time. Oh, that couple. Yes, they were great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, the live show was so fun. All right, um, I let's, know. you're the only one that watched. I it, know. No, uh, that's not we true. Like there were at least ten. We get like a thousand views. Mm. Yeah, there were at least ten other people watching. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that. You had a studio audience. Your wife was watching. There's Max so and Lynn in some other room about, of the I'm house talking, production. I'm not God. talking about the three people that were there. I'm talking about people that were home. Yes, I know what you were and talking there was, about. There was, when we decided not to do it, My, I was most upset because I was going to be, I think, felt like I was going to be turning my back on a on an elderly woman in Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Look, it makes total sense why you head for Z Hills. From the live cast. I mean, I have to tell you that at the time, I don't know if anybody was doing anything like that. It was so avant-garde. It was so cutting they edge. It was so jealous. It, it like was I, awful. I, I needed it was awful. What? It made you feel good about yourself, about your own show. Negative. Was so I was like, wow, this guy yeah, is okay, so... Okay, it was so great. Why did nobody, why did nobody watch well, it? Well, look, I mean, now we know why nobody watched it. Why? Most of the awful. people in this world are anti-Semitic. There's nothing else to say about it. <laughs> no, but so far, well, no. then they've forgotten that I'm Jewish because a lot no, no, more no. people are watching now. What we've come to learn is that yeah. why, while we think that a live show would attract more, you are now pigeonholing people into only seeing live this time frame. In reality, what we should have known, what was it, 10 or 11 years ago or 12 years ago when you were doing it is, yeah. you know, people are want to watch and consume now and going forward to present day on their own schedule. Nobody watches this show live. There's only one reason I do this show live, because I wouldn't do the show otherwise. There's no doubt in my mind but, but, that I would okay, not. But you don't do it. Li- you look at you go. Nobody watches live. And yet you get tons of views and stuff because yes. after the fact, we would post it. It didn't matter who watched then. I didn't care about that 30 people, 100 people in the live little yes. chat area, right. whatever it was, fine. But then a week later, two weeks later, a month later, 
We get uh, 500 views, yes. 1,000 views, yes. 2,000, 3,000 views. Right. That was it. Everyone, when we changed the format, it almost immediately changed. It was almost an overnight transition from nothing to a lot. And now, you know, post an episode within a. But why? Uh, because people didn't want to watch for an hour? They didn't watch. They didn't want to watch well, an hour. No, that would have I guess not. I guess not. I don't know. I was I was a big fan, and I loved the format. You were the only. Now look, fan. I and I agree. I love watching the three a week. Now Dude, I you're go, right in that fifteen to twenty minute mark. Look, Obviously, that's a, a good time that you need to meet for. That's our sweet spot. Facebook look, feed. I go back now. If I start watching one of the old episodes, yes, I have to stop. Come I on. cannot. I can't make it through. I rewatched that Vincent kidding. Jackson after he passed away a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Are you not yeah, telling yeah. me that that show that, that there was, wasn't, that was you the didn't one like only... that? Like you're he he was live in your kitchen whatever no, kitchen look, eating I area. Loved, I loved look. I loved the interview with Vincent Jackson. A we were friends. I mean, you had casual friends at the time. We, you know, had dinner together uh, once. The four of us, his wife and me and Kel, had a really nice time. But um, what I liked about that was that it wasn't sports talk. It was fringe sports. It was about food. Right. What kind of Gatorade they have or pregame meals, what do you eat after, what do you do when you're on the road, how do the hotels treat you, that kind of stuff. That For me, that's the interesting stuff. And I thought that it was stuff that hadn't been covered with Vincent Jackson. And honestly, I went to post that interview. I was going to cut out the cooking of that and just have that shortened 30-minute interview. And I went to post it like three or four times after he passed. And I, I couldn't do it. Why? I, I felt like, I mean, on one side, I was torn on one side. I, I, I wanted people to see uh, a side of Vincent Jackson, a side of a professional uh, NFL player that they normally wouldn't see yeah. unless you knew one. Right. Um, but then I felt like I was, I don't know, like jumping on the wagon or something like, like getting eyeballs after a tragic situation. If he had passed away from old age, I would have done it. But the fact that he went out sadly the way he did, I still don't know. I haven't heard. Um, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's there if somebody wanted to watch it, but I can't. I just can't. I, I just. I. I think in that instance, I was going to post it on Instagram. It's certainly your prerogative, of course, and final decision should always lay with you. But from an outsider looking in, I think I, I agree with you. You uh, you have a unique interview with him to showcase him in a, yeah. in a way that most people probably didn't know him. A lot of fans of Vincent Jackson yeah. probably just knew him as a wide receiver that played for the Chargers for a while and was, you know, traded uh, once or twice yeah. otherwise going down the road. Uh, and there's no benefit for you other than to say, hey, you know, I, I knew this guy a little bit, and here's here's a, a different perspective exactly. to see. Now, look, I can understand that because I, I was going to say, what's the difference between me posting – the long interview that I had with Mike Mills, who had recently passed away from 17th Street Barbecue in Murfreesboro, Illinois, a couple of years ago when I was down doing live shows at the NBBQA in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, he was, you know, 
uh, an older guy and you know passed away. I mean, it's always unexpected, I guess, but. I mean, he was an older guy, so it was like, oh, you know, that's sad. Mike Mills passed away, but he's lived a good, healthy barbecue life, blah, blah, blah. Vincent Jackson sure. was like, you know, not even 40 or, or barely 40 no, or whatever it was. He so, was 38. Yeah, so, I mean, And really you know what? Young. He was, here's the thing. You know, he was a big guy. I mean, he's he was a big. professional football player. Yes. He was a big guy. And on the, you saw his aggression on the field, and when he'd make a touchdown, just the, all the adrenaline that hits. And yet he was so quiet and so soft spoken. It was just it was it was a lovely side of him that people seldom got to see. He seemed shy said. almost when he was sitting with, didn't them. he? Yeah, like he was a yeah, fan yeah. and shy at the same time. Yeah. Well, I said at the beginning of the interview, I talked about how we met, and for your listeners, uh, his then girlfriend and ultimately his wife came up to me at a Charger game one day and said, "You know, uh, I I'm a fan." And my, my, my boyfriend is a huge fan of yours. So we talked for a minute and she said a couple things. I don't know quite exactly sure what she said. I said, who was your boyfriend? She goes, oh, he's, um, he's one of the chargers. And I go, who's that? And she goes, Vincent Jackson. So then we crafted this plan to surprise Vincent, come over to my house for dinner one night. Lindsay knew, uh, of course I knew Kelly knew and he gets to the front, they get to the front door. They, he doesn't know. She said they're going to some work thing. She was a teacher. And uh, they ring the doorbell. I open it up. He's there. He says, hi. And they come in. They come in the, the, the foyer. I close the door. And he's barely acknowledging me or anything. <laughs> and she looks at him and she goes, Vincent, you're being rude. He goes, I, I, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> and, then he, and then he calmed down. He was shocked at seeing little yeah. Sam LeCooking guy. Yeah. And I mean little, I mean like this, right? Like he's here and I'm I'm here. But such a sweetheart of a guy. I mean, cool. People should listen to it if they want to get a different side of somebody yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah. But but I you know, whatever. You're right. Teach his own. I couldn't do it. I couldn't post it. I can talk about it. People have asked me about it that knew, and they go, Where is it? I go, oh, it's out there. Go find it. Just type in Vincent Jackson, something will come up. Uh, wildly off track. There's two other things that I wanted to ask you about this evening. Sure. Yeah. Uh, getting back into the live fire category, I had asked Malcolm Reed earlier in the first hour. We talked uh, yeah. a little bit about technology on cookers, and you and I have bantered back and forth a little bit on this, but really yeah. never dug in depth. So technology yeah. in general being added to cookers, and I'm sure people ask you now about grills to buy and the people follow up mm -hmm. with you with you know mm -hmm. how much tech is on that grill so when people are asking you what grill should i buy are they also asking you about is it app controlled and is it going to give me these instructions or those instructions as far as no. why they would want to purchase they're, potentially no they're they're not and i don't give a shit about that stuff uh this may hurt doug Shiding's feelings doug is not the president have, of traeger no i realize that but I have never once used the uh, the app with my Traeger. <laughs> Not once. Ever. Uh, no. I mean, what do I what am I gonna do? I'm gonna sit at my office. Okay, so which is at the house. So, but, if so I had why? Office, oh, I so this is the this is the conversation that I'm trying then, you know? to to figure out. It's like an Instapot that does seventy five things, and one of them is make the, the freaking yogurt or uh, or <laughs> pablo. I don't know what it is. Something weird like that. And the more you see, the the better you think it is. The reality is, how much of that stuff do you really need? The fact that I can dial my Traeger to two and a quarter 
and smoke comes out and I put proteins on and shut the lid and go away, that's enough for me. It really is. Oh, I like the plug-in, uh, the temperature probe. But I don't need theirs to do that, right? Mm -hmm. I either can use a, a, a temperature, uh, what are those things called? Thermopen. The thermometer, thermopen, right? Uh, Fireboard. A fireboard, of course, which I have, you know, uh, but uh, no, I don't need it all built in. Is it, uh, do you, do you think, look, I mean, you're kind of new to the barbecue game, so you're yeah in, in a, in a unique spot here. So I regale Malcolm with, I'm the old man on the lawn barbecue guy. You know, when I got into yeah, it yeah. now, yeah, yeah. 17 years ago or whatever it was, there wasn't yeah any of this available there was a barbecue guru that you could put on a ceramic cooker or a bullet style smoker sure. to regulate temperature yeah, yeah. but otherwise you know it was roundly accepted and taught that you had to learn your cooker whatever cooker that was so you could be an efficient pit master and then over time mm -hmm. this technology has entered into the arena and is now being attached to more and more cookers so i'm trying to temper what i think versus what actually might be happening. Whereas I had to learn how to do this, and then ultimately I progressed into a pellet cooker or something a little bit more brainless. Now people can go in brainless, and unlike me going from know knowing how to do it and uh, going brainless, they, they can continue to not have to learn anything if they don't want to, no, and that's my like that. concern. That's but I don't know if I'm old look. with that, because as I, as I had said before, uh, you know, 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds getting into grilling and barbecue now have only sure. been around technology. They have never known what it's like to be without a cell phone or high-speed internet yeah. or laptop computer or iPad. So wouldn't it make sense Listen, that you, uh, grills should have all of this other stuff because they're no, used to it? I don't think it does. Look, I am, a, I, am, I am a very not techie guy. I mean, I use technology. I have computers. I know all this stuff. I have a Tesla and I don't know, like every three days I feel like I get into it and it says here, set up the Wi-Fi." And I'm like, no, I push the X. What am I get? What are you effing Wi-Fi in my Tesla for? And it's only really going to work when I'm, I, I, I don't want it. You know, the cookbook, the joy of cooking. Do you know that? Yes, of course. Julie child, huge, very, yeah, very, no, no, I don't think so. Anyway, Giant cookbook, The Joy of Cooking. It's old school. They still reprint it, update it. I, that's what I get from cooking. I, there's a joy in it. I, I love it. I love, uh, we did, uh, we did uh, uh, pressure cooker um, short rib ragu today. I, yes, I used the, the benefit of the that's sped right. up thing. But cooking, I like. Smoking, I like. Grilling, I like. I don't want to be told when to flip it. All this BS that's coming with this new Weber, uh, whatever it is. The, what's it called? The uh, the Weber Connect Genesis and the Spirit Connect. line of gas grills. Turn your thing now. Do this. You'll go scratch your nuts. Have another beer. Come back outside in 15 minutes. Open the lid. Look at it. See if it's nice. Then go back inside. Say hi to your wife. I don't want that. I want to be able to... You got to learn how to change a tire. I taught all my kids how to change a tire, right? Something they need to know. Yeah. Right? 
learn how to cook. Learn how to cook or just uh, get a get a Postmates account and uh, spend for all that stuff. So I don't. I don't want that. I don't want a barbecue that also is an oven with some controlled device thing. I don't really want that. I told you, I've said for years, a grill is just an oven that's outside and you can use it like that. Right. But why now I need some device to tell me how to make it that? Forget it. The joy, Learn how to use your shit. The joy of cooking is written by Irma Rombauer and Marion Rombauer Becker. There you go. Did that ring a bell? Because I was way off base. Sisters and... No, that sounds... To me, that sounds right. Uh, obviously, sisters and then one got married. Uh, obviously, yes, indeed. Um, Ron Barber Becker. Do you feel... It stayed within the tribe. Do you no, do you no, think no, that the manufacturers feel a pressure to have this included? Maybe they believe... 100%. That, no, I think that when you're going down the line, when you go to barbecues galore, and you're looking at 10 grills... If you get to the last one, they've all been a grill, two knobs, three burners, two burners, four burners, whatever it is, you know, uh, the thing at the back, whatever. You get to the very last one, and then the guy goes, yeah. So not only does this have three burners, uh, Mr. Buyer, but you can use it like an oven. You can set. You hearing music? Yes. Is that me? I think it's from the other room. Oh, yeah, that's oh, I you. Think it's, I think it's my house. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, not only does this do it, all those other nine did, but this one, with the with your phone, you can turn it on to 350 and then cook a chicken in it. Yeah. Without getting up from your easy chair. I think they feel like it's the way they got to compete. Hmm. If I told you that a thermostatically controlled gas grill is ready to hit the market vis-a-vis Canada in the next few weeks. My and, there, and there's no there's no release or thought that it would actually make it down here in the States at this point. But Is that yeah. something that intrigues you or uh, does that no. also sadden you a little bit? No. You can't stop technology. It's going to happen. It's really going to happen. You see those grills with the searing plate? Yeah. I think that's an absolute waste of space. Like with the ceramic go, the ceramic uh, 1800 sear zone? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you buy a grill that's, I don't know, call it 36 inches, except, uh, I don't know, 12 of those inches only work on 1800 degrees. I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. Spaces. Get as big a grill as you can buy. That's my advice. Yeah. Buy the biggest grill that you can afford, and you'll be happy with it. But now you've got a grill, and you know a third of it you can't use unless it's at like eighteen hundred degrees. Well, how's that going to help you when you want to do a shit ton of chicken or ribs or who cares burgers? Right. No, I don't like it. But it's going to happen. You can't stop it. Doesn't mean I have to buy it or be happy about it. And that's right. We don't have to buy it. And now I'm the old man on the. And we don't the old man on the. That's right. I knew I could get you on the lawn at some point. Thank goodness. Here we are. Hey kids. Hey you kids. (laughs) Uphill both ways. Sam the Cooking Guy is joining me right here on the show, and you can find him making videos for your pleasure three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they are released. So subscribe if you are not already, and you can see all the recipes and everything else over at thecookingguy.com. 
Tim, always appreciate the time, and we will do it again next Love month. Love being here, man. Thank you. There he is. Peace. Sam, the cooking guy, right there. Man, I, 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 I okay, all right. I, uh, what the, what am I even doing here? First time wrap up. Yeah, okay. I missed that? I, I don't want to be the old man lawn guy, but I think I am. Sam's right there with me. We're trying to figure it all out. I think, as Sam said, technology is going to be on these grills. As John Solberg wrote in the chat that I'm not going to post because it take up the whole screen. This is just the way it is. And as Sam deftly mentioned, he doesn't have to like it, and more importantly, he doesn't have to buy it. Truth. All right. We will wrap the show for a little long. So stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back, and thanks again to Sam the Cooking Guy for joining me in the last two segments. This portion of the show being brought to you by Vortic Watches, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in Northern California or Colorado. They take antique American POC watches and turn them into wrist watches. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create Unique quality, functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is a unique, one-of-a-kind timepiece. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was indeed built. You can find out more by visiting VorticWatches.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-C, VorticWatches.com. One went out for sale today, and I got the email 20 minutes late. It was gone. And it was spectacular looking. They they have the marketing thing down. Like people are chomping at the bit every Tuesday at two p.m. Eastern to see that watch come up, and it is gone within minutes. So if you're looking to get one, and you want to be on the the list, sign up for their list, and then just make sure you tune in around two p.m. Eastern noon uh, Mountain Time to get your first shot. I don't recall the last three or four that I've seen. By the time I get to them, they're already sold. Anyway, let's go ahead and race out of here all the way back in the first hour. Malcolm Reed joined us, Killer Hogs Pitmaster and uh, creator of How to Barbecue Right, how to BBQRight.com, his website, and subscribe to him on YouTube. Max Good from Amazing Ribs came on. We talked about the Spark Grill and a few other ones as well. AmazingRibs.com is his website that he works for, the Keeper of the Flame. And then second hour, we're saying the cooking guy. Appreciate everybody jumping in on the chat through Facebook and YouTube. Big show planned for you next week. Meathead will be in, amongst others. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.